I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. From the top to the bottom, I was raised to be solid. Real at every angle, I ain't worried about the audit. Never see the hate, tunnel vision on the profit. Boss moves if I want it, best believe I cops it. Team so tough, moving silence like the mafia. Trying to get the form whip, probably name it Claudia. Wife rocking Tiffany, that's just another day to me. I be living lavish, that's why these haters be hating me. Stronger than I ever been, never break, never been. God first, family second, money is like next again. So if you come in for me, pull the trigger, guard and shoot. Kevlar mindset, lifestyle bulletproof. Bulletproof, built tougher than your average. Ultimate hustler, I'm the total package. Bulletproof, I know you see me in your scope I'm the captain of the ship, you just a sailor with a boat Bulletproof, built tougher than your average Ultimate hustler, I'm the total package Bulletproof, I know you see me in your scope I'm the captain of the ship, you just a sailor with a boat Bulletproof What's up, what's up, what's up So, I was going to get on here And the title of the podcast Was going to be uh, Something like We had talked about this How long does it take to make your bed? But I'm going to go another direction. And the reason I'm going to do that is because I just checked my email right before I hit record. Right before Phil hit record on the camera, right before we got the lights up and everything going. And I just read a summons to small claims court. That's right. Your boy's got somebody suing him. And, you know, without giving away all the specifics and the details, here's, here's ultimately what happened. My dealership sold a car to a man. We worked hard to get this man approved. We got him approved. And uh, inside of that transaction, the customer was completely aware of what we have going on, what they needed to do, what they did, 100% of everything. And that customer left in the car. We thought, okay, we're never going to hear from this guy again. Because normally we don't. We take care of people. We sell good vehicles. Like this isn't stuff that I normally deal with anyway. I haven't sold a car in months. Um, my team does what they do and, and I just oversee things and, and run other companies kind of in parallel with this. But these are the kind of things that you as an entrepreneur have to handle. And it's super easy to get on a podcast when everything's good and scream, hey, it's all about being bulletproofed and everything's awesome. And, you know, sometimes it's not awesome. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's frustrating. Like in this particular situation with this guy, I'm frustrated because we did everything right. And this man has turned us into the Better Business Bureau. He's turned us into the state of Missouri. He made false accusations and claims to numerous agencies. And we've been visited. We, we had the state sent out inspectors to our dealership because of this man. We've never had anybody ever submit that to us. We've never had this situation. The guy is calling my cell phone, commenting on my LinkedIn, doing all sorts of crazy stuff, just will not let it die. And at the end of the day, it's because he, as a grown-ass man, he made a decision that he regretted later. Now, the car's had some mechanical problems since, and there's, like, we don't have crystal balls. Like, we can't predict the future. And, and this isn't about, like, this podcast isn't about the car business. But it's about now I get to take a day of my life and I get to go to court where he has chicken scratched his explanation of what's going on. And it's absurd. And so I'm going to show up to court. I'm going to bring a team of attorneys. We're going to walk in with facts, not fiction and not feelings, which is so laced throughout his entire letter that we'll win. 
It'll be easy. But it's just frustrating. And so inside of this game, you know, these are the kind of things that happen every single day. And the car dealership is one that I talk about a lot because I think it's one that people understand readily. It's, it's pretty if this, then that. I say to you, I have a car dealership. I sell cars. I have customers. And, and it's, it's easy to understand. When we start talking about digital companies or software as a service companies or we start talking about marketing companies or we start talking about transportation companies or restaurants or, or other businesses, they just become a little bit more complex, especially to describe over the air. So a lot of times I don't, you know, there are some industries that I just don't have issues with. We have commercial real estate that's triple net lease and, and we don't we don't pay anything. Check comes in the mail every single month and we, we make a payment on the amount of that that we leveraged and we're done. The difference we keep. Never, ever, 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 ever have a situation with that. But sometimes when you are you get into an industry and you get into an industry that's a good industry financially, there's a lot of upside to an industry, there's a lot of headaches because you're dealing you're, you're choosing to deal in the game of value in an area that other people don't want to create value. Like this was low hanging fruit. We knew we could start, uh, we knew we could start an auto dealership. We knew we could make it profitable because we knew we could go after a class of customer that most people don't want to deal with. And that's the buy here, pay here business. That's the under $6,000 cars. Now there are some exceptions. Some people buy their, their kid a $6,000 car. They want them to experience driving something cheap they, or, or inexpensive, whatever your word is for that. They want them to have those mechanical issues and they can learn about this so you can coach and guide them through those conversations. And I get it. But then there are some people who, because of the patterns that they've set in their life, they're in a cyclical downspin and those are the people that we decided we're going to go put a net in the spiral and help people. We're going, to, we're going to show them how we help them by getting them approved with lenders, giving them a chance to get out of the spiral and head back up the mountain. What we've discovered in this industry is that sometimes you just get comfortable in the spiral. And so we got in the car business. And this isn't about the car business, but that's why I continuously talk about the car business because um, I think it's something that makes sense. It's very tangible and, and you get it. But just today, 24 hours, this is, these are the headaches, the fires that we've put out inside of our little car dealership. I woke up this morning to two emails. One email was a bank saying, hey, you sold a car one year ago. You sold it for $7,800. That's how much we financed. We want you to buy that contract back. By the way, when they say that, that just means you're going to. There's no talking your way out of it. You can't normally slip past it. It is, you will buy this back or we will take the money out of your account. If you stop us from taking the money out of your account, we won't loan you any more money. It's pretty simple. And then there's another conversation from another letter that says, hey, this customer missed their first payment. According to your agreement, if the customer doesn't make their first payment, you have to buy the contract back. So I wake up this morning to $18,000 worth of, of paper. That's what we call it in the industry of paper that the banks wanted to be refunded on. And then the fun part is they say to us, now go find your car. Good luck. Because they're not tracked. We don't know where the people, you know, we, we've got record of where they live, but people like in the spiral, you move around a lot because you're probably not paying your rent either. Like there's just a lot happening and stability's lost on these people. And it's sad, but that's our business. So 
this morning, my, my daughter who runs accounting went in and, and like hammered this out. She took care of the two ish, issues. She actually was able to talk her way out of both of them. So proud of her for that. She negotiated out of both of those buybacks. I've only successfully ne- like gotten out of one out of maybe six or eight since we got in the business. So to get two in one day and to definitely not be able to get out of that conversation, dealing with that, right? And then to get this this email and says, hey, by the way, you're going to uh, need to go to court because you're getting sued in small claims court. I knew that would happen. I, this guy's been threatening to sue us. <clears throat> and I said, hey, he would, tried to call, like counting my cell phone, bugging me, like all of this is going on. And what? why do you care about this? Because this is what we're talking about. Like when I'm on here and I'm screaming, hey, like this is the way you get your mind right. This is why you do this. This is why you do that. This is why your focus should be here. This is why your signal matters. This is why you need to be deeply rooted in your why. This is why even when people are fighting you, you need to know what value you're giving them and what you do for a living that creates impact generationally. You have to have all of these different elements so that when you, when you see these problems, you recognize that they're really not that big of a deal. At the end of the day, it's just a situation where you're putting out fires. And if you do that well enough, you get paid for it. Most employees will never know what it's like to inside of a 24-hour period have a a bank send you a letter that says, hey, you've got to give me $15,000, no questions asked, and get a letter that says, oh, by the way, you're going to be sued. And we as a team just have to ride that wave. Like the employees here, they don't like, they're like, oh, there's a buyback. That sucks. It's not tangible. They don't know. Wow. They just got like somebody, the bank literally just said, I'm going to reach in and take $15,000 out of your pocket. And then you, the owner of multiple companies, what I need you to do is go sit in court so you can look at a despicable human being who's trying to take advantage of a system because as a grown ass man, he couldn't make a good decision. Not good according to the transaction of the money. Just not good because he changed his mind. Like, he came in on multiple occasions, signed multiple sets of contracts, and at the end of the day, the most frustrating piece about all of it is, is that I have to deal with it. If it costs a few bucks, it costs a few bucks. If it costs a little bit of time, it costs a little bit of time. And that's literally, I'm going to, you know, tomorrow's podcast, we're going to talk about time, but the time is the bit for me that's the most frustrating. And I want to curse and slam stuff and throw stuff around. But I remember, and I'll share this story with you, and, and, and then I'll wrap it up because this is short, but I, I want you to get it. This will probably be one of the shortest podcasts you've ever, you've ever been on with me. But we were in business selling these heaters all over the U.S. You've, you've heard that story before. One leg of that story that I don't tell often is that we were buying heaters from an outfit out of Washington state. We decided that we wanted a better mousetrap. And so we, 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 we were planning on going over to China and developing our own. And we found this guy in Washington who had already done that had the best infrared heater on the market. And so we went there with the intention of buying him out, but he didn't, we wouldn't do that. So he negotiated his way into becoming the middleman between us and our Taiwanese manufacturers who later became my business partners. But the only way that it was open as an opportunity for me to become their business partner was 
he took advantage of a situation. So what happened, we would send our money to him. At the end of every week, we would sell somewhere between 600 and a million two in these heaters. 600,000 to 1.2 million we were supposed to be sending to him. He would take his percentage out and then forward the balance of the money on to the manufacturers. But he stopped. And so I got a call from the manufacturer one day and he's like, where is my money? I'm like, who is this? And the, and the kid told me his name, a good guy. I say a kid, he's older than me, but he was the kid of the founder of the company. I, I am Mr. So-and-so. And over there, the culture was the president of the company. They would call Papa. And, uh, and so he responded, I'm Papa's son. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I don't know you and you're yelling at me and you're pissing me off. I pay every week to do exactly what I'm supposed to do. So get off my back. And now I'll condense this way down. So it, basically what we did is we went around. I, I flew secret flight to Taiwan. I sat, actually, I went to Vietnam. I flew a secret flight to Vietnam. I sat down with this guy. They met me at their Vietnamese plant and they said, show us proof. I showed them proof and we, we made an agreement. Now, the contract I had with the guy in Washington was I would never go around him. But you see, he violated the contract when he stopped paying his bills. And he had a list of excuses of why he stopped paying his bills, but he stopped paying his bills. And so when he made a decision to stop paying his bills, we went around him. We cut off his supply of product. And we became the North American distributors of that product. And we redeveloped it. And we made it better. And we introduced it in the marketplace. But I'll never forget the day that I woke up to my, to my business partner. Early call for him. It was like 6.15, 6.30 in the morning. And my bedroom, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget this. My bedroom, right out, we had an exterior door in our bedroom in that house and, and walked right out to the most beautiful view overlooking the countryside and, and the hot tub was sitting there and steam kind of coming up in the cool, you know, it was a fall, cool fall morning as, as that steam is kind of rising up out of, out from around the cover a little bit. And he's, and all he says is check your email, call me back, click and he hung up. And well, first he said, are you alone? <laughs> and so I stepped outside onto the back deck, a little chilly, but I definitely wanted to be alone. It, it sounded very urgent. And I opened up my email to a three and a half million dollar lawsuit. And in that one moment, I thought, I don't want to be in business anymore. This is no fun. I want out. But I, I was in. I was sucked so deep into this that there was no way I could possibly get out. No one would ever buy me out. No one would ever want my position. No one would ever want the loom of a $3.5 million lawsuit from a guy that was doing wrong. Like the guy in Washington sued me, but he stopped paying his bills. And over the next year and a half, I got to feel what it feels like to pay four or $500,000 to attorneys in Missouri and attorneys in Washington. And I got to see how nonsensical the system is, but I got to ride that emotional wave. And when it was all said and done, I had to write a check for $385,000 to make that go away. So $800,000 later, I was out of a lawsuit. Well, why do you give a shit about that? For one simple reason. Because that was an awfully heavy weight that my mind and emotional capacity 
could carry. And it got heavier and scarier and deeper and deeper. You know, when you're, when you're three, four, five hundred thousand dollars in attorney's fees and you're looking up out of the hole thinking, what if he wins? How is this not already over? What kind of a ju judicial system shoves stuff like this out for months on top of months on top of months just in an attempt to cost and cost and cost? Well, what attorney in the world would want it to be any quicker than what it was going to be? And my weak little unexposed mind got a smack of emotional IQ. And so now I recognize whenever I'm talking with business owners and I'm watching them flip out about their models, they're flipping out about their business, they're frustrated about their staff, they're frustrated about their spouse, they've got all these little micro issues that they're experiencing and they become their focus and they become their world. And all of a sudden, the what's truly important inside of the game of business loses its relevancy. And that is why are you in business? What is the product you deliver? What, of the, what is the purpose of the delivery of that product? And all the other bullshit goes away. You begin to get to a point where you can focus on what truly matters. Because you get bulletproof inside of your mind. The mission becomes the protection that you need to move through the journey. You get in a place where when you're moving ahead, these bumps happen. I got shot at this morning twice, big rounds deflected. And if I had to pay it, I had to pay it. Big deal. It's $15,000 inside of a, a, a couple million dollar business. Now I got to go to small claims court. And there's this part of you that wishes you could just grab somebody and take them out in an alley and kick the shit out of them, but that's not the way the game works. The game works in a manner that you have to go through the motions. You, have, like you don't get the release of nonsensical violence and anger and aggression. You don't get the release of crying and whining. I don't have anybody I get to go complain to because they don't really care. Oh, poor me, I have this great big business, but I've got this little bitty problem. Who gives a shit? For a lot of you, for a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast right now, for every one of you that's still listening to this story, somebody shut it off already. Somebody turned it off because they didn't think that it would be relevant to them. Somebody turned it off because they got busy. Somebody turned it off because it stopped interesting them. Somebody turned it off because nobody actually gives a shit when you're like, I need to whine. A true friend, a true family member, somebody that's heart of hearts, genuinely vested in you, they'll listen. They'll nod. They don't have your perspective, so they can't actually understand. They'll be sympathetic, but rarely are they truly empathetic to the position that you're in. This is why you need someone. This is why you need mentorship. You actually need a podcast like this if this is something that interests you. And if it's not, go find one that does. Go find one that fills that gap and forti like fortifies your mind and your heart for the direction you want to go. But at the end of the day, this bulletproof, somebody asked me the other day, like, man, why'd you switch it from Money Moves? Money Moves was good. Like, I like that. It, it was catchy. I was like, yeah, but I don't get this bulletproof mafia thing. You don't get this bulletproof. And this is an entrepreneur that says this to me. And I'm thinking in my mind, you don't get this bulletproof thing because you're not bulletproof. I watch how you operate. I hear what you say. I see how you carry yourself. I know what you've asked me to do or not to do inside of a transaction to shield your significant other from this or from that. And, and, and like, I just know about you. 
And man, could you use this lesson? The most direct, you hear me talk about CrossFit often. Working out is one of the most direct examples of why you need this in your mind. CrossFit or any other weight training workout program that you're committed to, not interested in, but committed to, those things that make you suffer for something better, they make you bigger, they make you smaller, they make you whatever you want to be, whatever your pursuit, whatever your hunt is, the struggle, the continuous pressure under load, like time and load builds muscle. Like if you put enough muscle, enough weight against your muscle and you have that resistance for enough time, you will build enough muscle to eventually lift it off. The same's true when we're talking about your mind. And it's why, it, like, it won't phase me. Tonight when I lay my head down and I go to sleep, I will not think about this douchebag that's suing me. When I roll into court, he's going to be amped up. His adrenaline's going to be spiked. He's not going to know how to carry himself. And I'm going to be cool as a cucumber because I already won. If I had to buy him out of the car, I still win. I win anyway. I don't care. This doesn't impact me. The only frustrating thing about stuff like this is that sometimes when you're operating above board, you still have to go to the pits and deal with the garbage. And that's being an entrepreneur. That's being self-employed. That's being responsible for making it rain inside of your world. Those are the things that actually matter. Like when you're in the positions that you make the world move, your ability to guard your mind and your heart and your emotions become paramount. And if you would just flex that muscle, it'll get easier and easier and easier. You know, the other day I talked about my daughter inside of the dealership. And I said, we almost killed each other one day. And, and what's crazy about that conversation is, is that I watch her mature as a business person every single day. I watch her carry those weights and it gets easier and easier for her. I watch her emotionally have the capacity to slay people, but wisdom is setting in and she's learning that sometimes compassion's the sharper sword. These are tools that you just learn when you surround yourself with people who are ninjas in their craft or in this game, for sure. I spend way more time coaching up people inside of my environment on how they think, how they speak, how they communicate, how they operate between their ears than I do on the exact scripts you need to know to sell or on the exact things that you need to do to handle the accounting. I'm much more interested in seeing people have that high emotional fortitude, that high emotional IQ, have that baseline. You know, they're in the movie, The Departed, Leonardo DiCaprio, he's talking to a shrink and he's like, you want me to be honest? I just want some value. He's because I'm out here murdering people and inside I'm going nuts, but my hand never shakes. And what I'm saying is in the game of business, when you're really good at it, not only does your hand never shake, but your heart doesn't go nuts. Your chest doesn't go nuts. You know that feeling you get right before you have a confrontation and you, you're almost winded to a point. Your chest is like, all of that goes away. And you get to operate from a place of clarity and decisiveness 
And then when you have a little bit of strife, you've won anyway. Savvy? I know you see me in your scope. I'm the captain of the ship. You just a sailor with a boat.